Sports Radio 92.7. WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. The Hornets' uh, fan reaction videos have gone viral. They've gone national. Barstool picked up the one from the Crown Club gathering where fans are booing the pick like crazy. And a guy's, worried about guy's certain, cussing in the background. I'm worried about certain individuals in that video, like one by one. There's one guy in the background, Mac. I just need, I need to know that he's okay today. <laughs> he was about to put his head into the wall. Then you have the one at the arena in their own house at their own draft party. Looked like a pretty good crowd. And that was a very negative reaction, too. And the fact that Nick Carboni from WCNC tweeted out a video that shows Hugo in the background literally looking like he was upset at the draft pick initially, mm. that, that went viral on the big lead. The big lead put up a piece on Hugo being upset with a Hornets draft pick. He, Hugo looked like he was about to pick up his stinger and walk right out of there. <laughs> It felt like a big city where the franchise has let you down reaction last night. It felt like thing. miserable northerners yeah. is what we felt like. But you know what, though? You know what? It, that, that's what it's all about. Welcome especially, in. Welcome in. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when you're you're at the draft party for the Hornets. Go ahead and make your voice known. Like they, if even if like I have to be honest with you, drafting Brandon Miller himself, like he doesn't deserve those boos. He's a pretty damn good basketball player. He doesn't deserve those boos. Now, not getting Scoot is a bummer because I think a lot of us see the same thing. We have read the same thing that a lot of these anonymous execs and scouts say. It just feels like there's something special there. But uh, so, so I think a lot of the boos were about that. But this franchise, if they're lifetime achievement boos, this, this franchise, we should still be booing this morning. Like it's it's just been a, it's, it's, it's a rough existence as a Hornets fan. It's rough. And... It's it's maybe some of it too was like Michael's outgoing. Let me let me let him know one last time what I think of of the way it's going on his watch because it has been brutal. And I, and I think to 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 what you're saying too. I think that or my 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 assessment is Brandon Miller definitely helps a franchise as a basketball player. Yeah, we definitely he got defi- better. You can't def- deny that. He definitely helps a team get better. Does he? alter a franchise like Scoop possibly can. Scoop Mack in that, that write-up we talked about yesterday from a, a G League um, person, that Scoot's a culture changer. He can change a franchise. He can get a franchise from one level way above it, especially with a level ball running next to him. Brandon Miller helps. There's no doubt as a basketball player. But does he help to the, the degree of changing the last 20 years that we've seen like Scoot Henderson could. That's the problem. I don't think he changes a franchise like we thought Scoot was going to do. No, I mean, the the best way I can put it is what I've been saying this week. I feel like Scoot Henderson would come in here and grow into being the best player on the team. I I think Brandon Miller is a complimentary piece to LaMelo. Um, So that's kind of the best way I would put it. By the way, another thing about the booze, uh, I think, I I don't think, the men of Scoot were helped by what happened yesterday during the midday. 
all that scuttlebutt and rumor and the reports from Shams and other guys. Oh, man, Scoot's got a chance. Don't bury Scoot just yet. The Hornets are meeting us today, and Scoot could be the pick. I think all that stuff, all that did bone, because I think a lot of men of Scoot were resigned to the fact that Miller was a pick. That teased us. Yep, that amped right. us up. That got us thinking that, oh, my God, maybe it could be Scoot. I think if those, wherever those reports came from, and whatever was the purpose of those reports, I don't think they did the Hornets any favors in terms of public reaction because I think the men of Scoot were reinvigorated because of them and went into those draft parties thinking they had a chance. And then you know? uh, how about Woj's tweet last night, Max? I'm trying to find it. He was going crazy on the, the second round. So I'm trying to scroll down to Woj about the Hornets last night. And all here it is. This is, this is Woj on ESPN. All along, the entire Charlotte Hornets organization has been all in on Brandon Miller. Ownership, front office, scouts, coaches. They see him as a perennial future all-star player. So we go from Shams yesterday afternoon to there's indecision and scoots back in and the Vegas odds shift. And then Woj says afterwards it was Brandon Miller basically the whole time with everyone involved. He was trying to touchdown dance it. He was trying to he rub was. it in to Shams and some of the guys that thought that it was in, fl- in doubt uh, in the middle of the day yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I got to be honest. If it's if. Like, like Mitch kept saying he was our favorite all along, and he did say it's, it wasn't an easy decision. The other guys, he wouldn't mention my name. The other guy was is, is really good, too. But, like, everybody shouldn't agree with that pick. Like, I, I like if, if literally every person thought Brandon Miller was the guy the whole way through, like, what are y'all thinking over there? I, I, I still think the pick was made for fit. I, I will never believe Bone, and I know Mitch said it. We think he's the best player. It's going to have the best career. I will never believe that's the truth. He knows he can't come out and say, we picked the player that fits the most. We didn't think Scoot Lamelk played. He, he, he knows he can't say that he'll get killed. Right. He got clobbered for what he said on lottery night. I will, and I don't know about you, I will forever think this was a fit-need draft pick. And I will just point out a couple of fit-need draft picks. When you do this in the top few picks of the draft, you get James Weissman instead of Lamella Ball. Excellent point. Good work, Golden State. And then you get Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. These are noted times where they went for a need and a fit and not the best player. I just I I will never like that idea when you're drafting third in the draft and you were, you know, you, you're this much of a work in progress. Yeah, you know? no, that that's what we've been talking about. You don't when you're and that's a, what I think they did. When you're a franchise that's had success, especially recently, and you have a culture established. Miami, we know that's there. Denver, Denver's Denver's building something there with the way they go about their stuff. When you have something established, football, basketball, whatever, you can pick and choose and get the guys that fit what you want. When you're the Hornets and you have not established a consistent winning culture in 20-plus years, you do not go for fit. You go for the best player, and then you try to make it fit with the guys you have around them. You have to. And, that, and you know that's what? not what they if did. If you end up redundant, you do what Sacramento did. They traded Halliburton, kept Fox, and they and the trade they made got him Sabonis. And look at him now. Like, yeah, just get the best assets, the best players in. So you try it I, I will never get over that. I will always think they drafted on fit. With that said, I think Brandon Miller is good enough to make multiple All-Star games. Like, I do. I do believe that. I just think he's – Chris Middleton is the best – I don't buy the Paul George thing. I don't think he's going to be as good as Paul George. I, I know he, he worships Paul George and thinks he's a basketball god, which is weird. Um, I think Chris Middleton with them. 
I don't know how you feel about that one because but, we but, have to remember but how that's kind of and he's made three All Star games. But does anybody look at him as a star? He's not the good. You know, we, we have to remember how explosive of an athlete young Paul George was. Those Pacer teams back when he was young, he was a freakish athlete. Is Brandon to your, what you're saying there? Is Brandon Miller that explosive athlete that young Paul George was? I don't see that. Hell no. I think Middleton's a good comparison. Hell no. But I, so I don't some know. Some people man. think he's Jason Tatum. Some of the Brandon. That's Miller. absurd. I heard that from freaking uh, Woj. Are you kidding me with Jason Tatum? Have you seen Jason Tatum attack the rack? I watched Brandon Miller. I watched 17 minutes of Brandon Miller highlights after the draft last night. And I watch him, and there's a lot of good in there. His shot making in terms of jumpers and stuff and pull-ups, and like it is, but it's all jumpers. It's like he didn't get into the paint on, I, I, don't, I don't know if he got, I don't know if any of these highlights showed him getting into the paint. Like if he can't get into the paint at the watered-down college level, do you think against NBA wings he's going to get past them? And he's gonna. Their shots are gonna be contested more. NBA wingsbone are gonna cut off that drive, and when he does that little stop turnaround thing, that hand's gonna be right in his face. I just, again, I think we got a good player, but spare me the Paul George and Jason Tatum, man. I don't see the explosion to the ten. I don't see it. We have a star point guard who still has to finish better at the rim. We now have a number two pick in the draft who's got to finish better at the rim. Mark Williams, we know for what his style is. He can do that. P.J. Washington, he's on the team, Mac. He doesn't finish well inside. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be here or not. We have a lot of dudes that don't exactly. Miles Bridges, if he's here, can do that. But don't exactly have a lot of guys that uh, finish when they get to the basket. No, it's true. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. He is... One of four guys now that are the newest members of the Charlotte Hornets. He is the latest lottery pick of the Charlotte Hornets. Number two pick in the draft. Brandon Miller is with us here on the Mac and Bone Show. Brandon, thank you for coming on. How you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first of all, congratulations. And secondly, have you slept at all? Or are you literally pulling an all-nighter? <laughs> uh, I think I definitely put an all-nighter for sure. Uh, just a lot of um, excitement running through my body um, and my mind. Um, so I think me and my family just here living it day by day, taking it slow. Brandon, when you get to your new city, how how much motivation do you have right now in your in your body to to prove yourself on and off the court of who you are uh, to this fan base and this city? Um, I think that's kind of a natural thing that I have, uh, just as far as my character. Uh, I'm always be that funny guy, uh, very approachable. So, I mean, if you see me in Charlotte, uh, I'm more than have a conversation with any anybody. Well, let's okay. Let's talk. To, let's let you talk to, to those Hornets fans that you say, "Hey, man, you can approach me." You know, on the streets here in Charlotte, I'll say hello, which fans love hearing. But what would you say you're going to bring to this team? What are what are the skills you have that this team needs badly? Um, well, I don't think this team is missing a lot of pieces. Um, uh, they have you know a great point guard, Lamelo Ball. Um, as far as his playmaking, um, I feel like with him. Having a, as high as IQ he, he has, and uh, me being a shot maker, um, I feel like that can just play a good role in, um, you know, just the team. And, you know, I'm always willing to make winning plays just to, you know, win ball game. 
Brandon, when you're in when you're in the gym this summer, what are you working on the most right now with your game? When you look at your skill set, what do you think to yourself? I can get better at this when I start playing professionally for the Hornets. Um, well, you know, I, I think right now I'm just working on you know building muscle mass, getting stronger. I think, I think getting in the gym every day and just perfecting my craft. I think my craft is great. Um, I think right now I'm just working on muscle. A lot of people. I've been working on that for a long time myself. It's not really. Uh, it's not really. If you if you take a day off, Brandon, you, you end up doing no sports talk radio. At least you worked on it. I never worked on it. It's a good Can point. You, tell I you, should see this, you should see this guy over here. All right, Brandon Miller's with us. New Hornets number two draft pick. Brandon, during this process, and we talked about it. We talked about it. You know, a lot here. You know, the pros and cons. I, full full admission, I really love Scoot as a player. So I, I know you were competing with him hard for this spot. One of the things that we brought up on the show that a lot of the so-called experts and scouts would bring up is your finishing percentage at the rim, you know, in the 30s, in the high 30s. And they question your ability to finish and also your ability to have that explosion to get into the paint, get to the rack at this level. What do you say to people that are questioning that stuff? Um, what I can say to the people questioning is, you know, it's all just me getting better, uh, just getting stronger. Um, I feel like with that with the weight program, like like you know Charlotte and the pros that they have, I feel like I can be able to take bumps and you know get closer to the rim, you know, just to have a higher finishing uh, percentage. We're talking to Brandon Miller, number two pick in the NBA draft last night for your Charlotte Hornets here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Brandon, another guy was selected last night by the Hornets in the first round, another SEC guy, Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. You guys played on the same AAU team as that Bradley Beal runs, right? So there's a relationship there. What's it mean to you to go through this experience with a guy you know in Nick Smith? It definitely means a lot, um, you know, just seeing him, um, you know, conquer his dreams. Um, but just knowing Nick Smith, it's not, you know, he's not going to stop here. He's always, you know, have a high motor and always, you know, um, willing to work every day to get better. Brandon, I, we're getting some really nice texts about you. People think you, you know, sounds like an amazing young man. Uh, guy says, I love the comment about the fans. So you're getting a lot of good reaction here. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff that went viral though, where there were some fans. I'm sure, you know, like you know, fans that love Scoot Henderson. A lot of us did that were, you know, seen booing, you know, at draft parties, one at the arena when Scoot wasn't picked and you weren't picked. Did you see any of that stuff? And do, what? How do you respond to? The, how does that you know affect you? Does that motivate you? Does that upset you? How do you feel about all that? Um, I don't really you know pay attention to that stuff. I know you know Scoot Henderson is going to have a, a great career in the, in the NBA. Um, you know, that's one of my guys. And we've been talking you know this, through this whole process. I mean, I know he's going to do good in the NBA. So it's, you know, I'm just here supporting him. But you don't hold that against the fans. It doesn't sound like it, but you don't hold it against the fans feeling like, oh, I'm going to show them or anything like that. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon, you've uh, a lot's been made this week. You've gone viral multiple times for for your love of of Paul. You're laughing for your love of Paul George. And now, you know, it's it's funny how sports work now. Michael Jordan is still here for right now uh, running the running the Hornets. Are you are you concerned that uh, Mr. Competitive Michael Jordan it might not take you to the courts here soon when you get here and show you who the goat is? 
Nah, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of trash that comes from Mike. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all funny game, you know, with him. And, you know, he just makes you feel like a, like a, just a member um, of a family. So um, there's going to be a lot of trash talk. Um, I think I'm just willing to, you know, take it and respond to it. Yeah, you you like it. You've called him old in a couple of interviews. You got your digs in. But is it <laughs> but it's but it's true though. He like during your workout, he was doing what he did as a player, right? Like he was he trying to mess with you, get in your head and see how you responded. What was he explain to everybody what he was saying to you during the workout? Um, he told me I, I couldn't palm a basketball. He then he called me today and asked me, "Can I palm a basketball?" No, and I can't palm a basketball. I can palm it with my left hand. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it's so funny games. I will see him really soon, you know, just to respond to that comment. I think that's a sign. He might, he might try to trade for Paul George and try to prove something here. <laughs> that's a sign he likes you, though, I think. You know what I mean? Like that he's digging on you and giving you digs and stuff like that. What? Um. Okay, so during the process, you're going through this process. How big of a role did, you know, were, how big of a part were questions about the off the court stuff and how, how much were teams concerned and were you concerned at all during the process that man, this part of, you know, what happened that night, and I know you can't talk about that night specifically, but did you worry that, that, that it was going to hurt your stock and you were going to fall because of it? Um, no, I don't think I was kind of worried. I wasn't worried at all. Actually. Um, just knowing, you know, what my character is like. Um, I know NBA teams is going to do, you know, the background checks. Um, I feel like, you know, that's one of the things Charlotte did, and they kind of found out, um, you know, about a lot more about my character. Brandon, a lot was made at the end of the year uh, that you, you didn't perform well towards the end and in March Madness compared to the great performances you had prior. What what were some reasons, do you think, of why you didn't finish as strong uh, as you were going at one point during the season? Um, I think it's just, you know, a few off games. Uh, but I feel like every game is... You know, you're not going to be hot, you know. I feel like the offense, I shouldn't contribute on, you know, how, how you impact the game. I feel like I never hung my head, you know, and just gave up. Um, I feel like I play hard as I can and, you know, try to get as many stops as I can on defense. Now, you had mentioned LaMelo a couple times last night, you know, that you had te- you've been texting with him. You said, you know, mm-hmm. at the workout, LaMelo was one of the guys that made you feel like, man, I feel like Charlotte's my home now. Did you – how long have you known Melo? Like, what's your relationship with him? Because obviously, you guys have to have a great relationship on the floor. I can just see him, Dude. you know, driving and kicking to you for threes. I mean, I cannot wait to see that. But what what was your relationship with him? How long have you known him? Um, well, of course, I've always knew of him. Just the fact he has his own episode, and then you know, my first workout with Charlotte, like, I finally got to meet him. So it was kind of, you know, a warm welcoming from him. Um, just him being a you know older, older figure, uh, slash bet on the team. I think that kind of plays a big part in, um, you know, the bond that we will have. Yeah. All right. Good deal, man. Well, hey, welcome to Charlotte. We appreciate you. I know you are tired as heck, having not slept. We appreciate you. I mean, there are people that could get 12 hours sleep and still don't want to talk to us on this show. So we appreciate you more doing no sleep. More awake than I am right now. <laughs> Congratulations and welcome to Charlotte, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. If you did boo the pick, then why did you do it? If you didn't like the pick, then why? What is it specifically about Brandon Miller that you don't love right now, and what do you want to see him improve on? So Spence wrote in, Brandon Miller does not have finishing post moves. Also, he shows no handles at Alabama. He's not thrilled about it. So what I would say about that is... The finishing at the rim has to improve. It has to. Okay, you can't shoot under 40% in half-court possessions at the rim as a 6'9 perimeter player. You're going to have to rely a ton on hitting mid-range jumpers and all your three-point shots. And, Wes, even with the best shooters, you're going to have times where you go one of nine sure. three-point range. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that rolling with you and you still finish at a below 40% clip, then that's going to have to be something that comes by sooner rather than later. The NBA does a great job of putting weight on you. And that's why I've never held it against skinny players that come into the league and saying that's going to be an indictment on why they fail going towards the future. But it's a real red flag. It's a big one, Wes. When you talk about still the most efficient shot being shots at the rim, Mm -hmm. and he's not good at it right now, that's something that has to fix itself as somebody that might be playing in the front court. Now, one of the things you like is the fact that he can play shooting guard. And once you go to the backcourt, LaMelo, your franchise player right now, Brandon Miller, I guess, could be your franchise player as that second overall pick. 6'7", 6'9", arms everywhere, if they play good enough defense, can stay in front of their guys, and the strength not only needs to help Brandon offensively, but people are going to push him out of the way defensively too. And so that's another reason he needs to put on weight. How critical do you think that is for Brandon to reach his ceiling in the NBA? Yeah, we've seen countless players come into the NBA needing to put on weight, but a lot of it, these guys are really young. Brandon Miller's only 20 years old. Uh, He's got time to grow into his man body because that's going to happen naturally. And so the NBA also, the Hornets are going to have him in that strength and conditioning program. So he's going to put on weight naturally. I could see him topping out, adding about probably another 12 to 15 pounds as his career goes on. The finishing at the rim, I feel like also is something that will come. Uh, I would rather him have to work on that than have to work on the shooting aspects uh, of the game. No shots taken at uh, Scoot Henderson there. Oh, but Scoot needs to improve. But I would, I would rather that than uh, the latter when you talk about th- those aspects of his game. But obviously, none of these guys are coming in finished products. I mean, Wimby is as close as we've gotten to a guy that has no weaknesses as a player, as any player that's come into the league in a while. So you can't expect these kids to come in here just ready to go because it's like the things that the fans are going to complain about with them. Okay, well, what if he could do all those things? Then, hell, he would have been battling Wimby for the number one pick if he would have had a complete flawless game. So there's going to be some flaws there. There were flaws with Scoot. There were flaws with all these guys. And even Wimby has got some small flaws. Well, I mean, if Brandon Miller 
was a great prospect, he'd still be second because Wimby is seven. Okay, right, right. I mean, right, he's right. not going to be number one. <laughs> but if he was just a complete prospect and just could do everything and averaging 25, 30 points a game last year, I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm living in an alternate universe, yeah, you are, I guess you which, could say. Which, or, I mean, hey, I hope it happens. Well, this is – so this is what I also want to ask, too. Mm-hmm. I want to ask what people's expectations are for Brandon Miller this year. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can even give me what your thoughts are beyond. But I heard Jeff today – Say that he wants Brandon Miller to go for 19 and five his rookie season. That's a lot, Wes. I mean, 19 points. I get it. High expectations, second overall selection, but I don't expect him to start right away. If he does, then great, because that will mean that he's done either a great job this off season or that Steve Clifford wants to use Gordon Hayward and at least just limit his minutes a little more because of the injury history. But even then, it's going to be tough to start over somebody like a Miles Bridges or a Terry Rozier. And we know that Steve Clifford, I think it's been a little overstated at times that he won't play rookies. We just saw it last year, some of that out of necessity, some of that because he liked Bryce McGowan's, because he was always going to give James Booknight a shot at the beginning of the season. But it doesn't mean that, to me, Brandon Miller is going to come in and start right away. Yes, different regime with James Borrego, but not with Mitch Kupchak. And what did they do with LaMelo as that third overall pick? They sat him on the bench, and he didn't start until February. I expect something similar here with Brandon Miller. The reason that the Hornets were in this spot is because they suffered a ton of injuries. This is not the same type of NBA team that you usually see at the top of the NBA draft. What you see here is a team that lost Miles, that had injured Gordon, that had injured LaMelo, that had injured Cody Martin, that had injured injured Dennis Smith Jr. that didn't play Mark Williams for the first half of the season. And so when all of that talent isn't available, you're going to lose a lot of basketball games. And so when those guys come back, they're going to be good enough players to get you in contention for a play-in spot. And when you have those guys come back, it means not as much opportunity as typically seen for a number two pick. Be careful with the first expectations. I was a Scoot fan. And I'm telling you that we're not going to figure out if this was the right pick after just one year. 19 and 5, 20 and 5, maybe even 15 and 5 in a starting spot. Wes, I think that's asking a lot for the first year player. Yeah, and I think it just depends. I mean, we talked about how the college game, and I looked up the numbers yesterday, and when you're talking about uh, zone defenses and the condensed space on the court, college teams run the zone on average about 18% of the time, when the NBA it's around 2% of the time. So just the man-to-man and a little bit more of the floor spacing, the pace that the Hornets play with. Why do I say all this? Because it just depends on just how good he comes in immediately. In the NBA, you're going to have to earn your playing time. We know that. So does he force his way onto the court? Because when you brought up the book night thing, we knew book night wasn't ready. He came in and you could see some of the things that people talked about as to why he wasn't ready to be a part of the rotation. But what if Brandon Miller comes in and he is ready to go and he is as advertised? Those shooting percentages, the scoring, the almost 19 points a game translates over to the NBA game and he's coming in getting buckets off top. Then I think they are the decisions to be made but I just think that off top right now when you talk about all of the veterans on this roster at this moment he's not going to get enough playing time to get 19 points uh, right now and especially not going to get that green light to go out there and be able to get that 19 points when you've got a Terry Rozier out there you've got a Gordon Hayward you could potentially have a Miles Bridges it's just too many talented vets for a rookie to come in and average 19 points a game so I think that's a little bit far-fetched but I think that he could be a guy 
with the minutes I feel like he gets, if he's going to be a part of that second unit, he could be in the 10 to 13 range, perhaps, especially if he ends up being the lead dog with the second unit. So I think that's the best that we could hope for at this point. But if he does come in and he's as advertised, man, he could end up forcing his way uh, to either getting a lot of minutes as a rookie or into the starting lineup. But that's going to be really tough for him. Yeah, 704 number wrote in. Larry Johnson was a freak. His rookie stats were 19.2, 11, and 3.6. Miller won't get close to that, and the expectations should not be that. I agree that it's going to be really hard for him to reach those type of numbers just because of the situation that he's going to come into. If you look at Scoot, this is what I'm not going to do, right? If Scoot Henderson comes in year one, the Trailblazers trade Damian Lillard because they just feel it's time to move on from that core. Damian Lillard is the best Trailblazer of all time. So now we can have Damian Lillard go to a different team. We'll trade him, try to recoup some assets. And now it's the Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson show. It's a new era. In that new era, Scoot's going to have all the opportunity in the world, Wes. Ultimate green light. Who, who's holding him back? So he might come in and score 20 points per game. And what I will not be doing is telling you that because of what happened after one year, say, oh, that's it for the future. Bad, bad decision for Brand, for uh, the Hornets to take Brandon Miller because you have different opportunities. This is not something that I'm going to be taking a victory lap over. I expect Scoot to have a lot more scoring opportunity, especially if they trade Damian Lillard. Victor Wembanyama with the Spurs, they were tanking to get the number one pick. They were not in a situation like the Hornets where everybody got injured, and then that's how they got down there. No, they came in on a mission. Remember, the, <laughs> the Hornets the Hornets beat them by 20 in the first game of the year. Yeah. The Spurs knew what it was. They did. Th this season is for Wimby. We're going to lose. Then when we get Wimby, we'll figure it out after that. So even with these guys coming in, you look at a Wimby, you look at a Scoot. Thompson twins, it's going to be a little hard for them to beat Brandon, uh, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, Wimby in a Rookie of the Year type of vote. But different opportunities mean, di mean different things for these first-year basketball players. Yeah, it does. And so, But you know the fans, and you know how they're going to react when they see the Scoot highlights every night uh, on social media and they see him putting up those numbers. They're going to say, see, that's who they should have taken. That should be the guy. But uh, I think you can't jump to those conclusions, especially, like you said, if it ends up being a Scoot and uh, Anthony Simon show. It's going to be a team that's going to be drafting at the top for quite some time. But I think the Hornets, as I said, all in all, uh, made a really good decision. I think this guy fits in uh, very so well. Now you're, so so you're back. I don't – no, I, I, the, off the court, I still don't like it from a PR perspective, being a, a, a Charlotte native and having to deal with if you potentially bring in a Miles Bridges to have two guys with these kinds of dark clouds over them coming into the franchise. As I said, I can't stand getting really good players at a caveat. But as far as just the game itself and what I think of him, I do think that he is uh, a good fit, and I do think he has a chance to be a really good player. And I've, I've never really wavered on that. That aspect, I just don't like the off-the-court uh, optics of it. Well, the work ethic, I know that's something and you question something, a little bit, yes. too, with Scoot. And, and, yeah, so I'm – look, you hold me definitive. This with is, Miller, this, this is, yes. This is, I, this is something I'm trying to do with you. Like, okay. you went to Scoot. So now, like, and that's okay. No, and I, I love it. I lo no, I love it that you, that, <laughs> that you bring it. And, and I guess what I'm talking about, I'm talking about it from a potential aspect because he's here. And this is what we have to deal with. I'm with you. But as far as, yes, you are very correct. I did say I did not like uh, what I heard about the second workout, him having to get a little bit of a kick in the pants with Michael Jordan being there. Yes, you're very correct. And that's going to be a very interesting aspect. Yeah. And I'm glad you can hold me accountable all day <laughs> long. I love that's it. That's what we do. So, we, we are held accountable that's right, here that's on right. Weston Walker.
Walker. That's right. Yeah, I wanted Scoot. And if Brandon Miller comes in and wins Rookie of the Year <laughs> and is amazing, you know what? I will be loud wrong, and y'all can clown me on the text line. Yes, text yes. me. My number is 704-570-9610. That's my number. Yeah, Get at me. Yeah, so I think that that's going to be something to watch going forward is just the work ethic. Is he a guy that's going to come in from day one uh, ready to work and doesn't need to be, uh, you know, just be pushed to be able to reach his potential? Yeah, so it, 704 is saying thank you, Wes, for breaking down Brandon Miller. 910 said, um, excuse me, we're rolling down. Oh, Big Cat Dan said, well, yeah. That's a hard shot right there. Oh, it is. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> off-court jokes. Brandon Miller, we're, we're doing a lot of that. Big Cat Dan on the expectations said 15 to 18. So still pretty lofty expectations for someone coming in in a crowded front court. Uh, Big Cat Dan said, I think some pieces will be dealt giving Miller those minutes. And so at the front court spot, it's going to be really, what do you expect from Miles Bridges, we all assume is coming back, and is Gordon Hayward going to be traded? And I think that's a good assumption if you want to make that. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Terry Rozier, the same thing, and Terry might create some opportunity for Brandon, and Brandon is that guy. I don't see him playing much for at all next year, Wes. Because Me neither. If you try to still break down basketball by pinning guys to certain positions, then it's a little old school to do that. If there is any truth behind some of the positions that they play, to me it's really all about who you can guard. Offensively, Wimby is you – know, I don't even know what he is. I, I, don't, I don't think of him as a guard. I think of him as like a small forward, but also a center. I, I don't know. Like you can put him anywhere you want to. But if it's all about who you can guard, then Brandon Miller right now, at least right now, with his thin frame – there's going to be some powerful power forwards that are going to be able to back him down to the post, yeah. and it's going to be really tough. So guarding twos, can he stay in front of them? And also, can he stay in front of some of the athletic small forwards out there that are the Jason Tatums, the Paul Georges, all of the high-end comps that we've put on His Brandon goat. Miller? His goat, Paul George. He doubled <laughs> down, Wes. He continues to double down, saying Paul George is his goat, even over LeBron. I, is LeBron just going to destroy him if they see each other? Oh, yeah. Lakers, yeah. Hornets, yeah. as if LeBron – this is a good question for you. We know LeBron is always taken into the Hornets more so because MJ owns the team. We all know the fast break, dunk, looking right at him, jam, yeah. looking at MJ <laughs> down on the court, yeah. looking right at him in those breakaways, getting triple doubles. Does he take it easier now that Michael Jordan is selling majority stake, or does he still give it to him? because he's still part of the organization. Exactly. And now Brandon Miller is calling Paul George. Exactly. Guy. You know it. Uh, LeBron's definitely cut from that cloth. He's going to be with the patty, and he's definitely going to make sure, even if Michael wasn't a part of this team anymore, he knows that yeah. he once was, and he knows that he's going to monitor this team every now and again. So he's going to make sure that when he checks those box scores that he sees that LeBron James played unbelievable basketball against his Hornets. Mm -hmm. But now that he was not called the GOAT by young Brandon Miller, you know athletes find any reason. Reason, the great ones. They find any reason to get up for a game. So I could easily see LeBron uh, blowing by Brandon Miller and just saying, uh, that's your yeah, goat, huh? That's right. PG's your goat. Th that's that's you right. sure? Uh, yeah, I can I can see the trash talking <laughs> already. Yeah, 704 wrote in. Yeah, and trust me, Walker, we will clown you. Do trust with laughing face emoji. This is this is the part about being a radio host, oh, man. Yeah. You got to lean in on your opinion sometimes. If you feel that conviction, Say it with your chest. We are Leonidas. We step up and take all the arrows for the Army. So we're, we're here for it. Uh, just a couple of other comparisons real quickly. Uh, Miller reminds me of Durant is Ooh, one text that we got. Get that. 
I mean, seven foot Durant, a little different. Thin <laughs> frame, though. Durant did not need to put on any weight. We do know that. 704 green. LeBron will throttle Miller. Dougie Fresh rode in Rashard Lewis. That was another I, real yeah, tall shooter. Yeah, I thought shooter. that was a pretty decent comparison when I when I think about that because he wasn't overly athletic. The handle wasn't crazy for him, but a 6'10 guy that was a shooter, man, shot 38% for his career and had some seasons where he went from about 2000 to about 2009 to where, you know, he was a baller. He was a bucket. Rashard Lewis is a great name to bring up. I do want Brandon Miller to be a little more well-rounded. It seemed like Rashard was more of a, a spot-up guy, but mm-hmm. I like Rashard Lewis as a name that you could bring out there and make that comparison. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Myself and Paul Biancardi, ESPN National Recruiting Director, college basketball analyst, and former Horizon League Coach of the Year. We had a blast last night, and it was our second straight year doing this together. And we've got Paul back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline for a recap of what went down last night. Paul, I I had a blast. The listeners were were very receptive to the show, and we're talking about the pick today. You're a big Brandon Miller fan, so let's get into that. For the folks out there who might be skeptical or wondering why they went Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson, why was Brandon Miller, your preference for the Charlotte Hornets all along? Because I think he brings the athleticism, the length, and the shooting ability that's so needed, not just with the Hornets, but almost with every roster, unless you have somebody in that position. And when you look at the Hornets roster, they have nobody like Brandon Miller. He's what they needed. He's what the NBA is looking for. His ability to shoot it with range stands out. He compliments LaMelo Ball, Terry Rose there, and the entire roster because he can go outside and drain it, and then you can get him into the mid-range. He's a competitive defender at 6'9", and a pretty good rebound. He got eight per game at Alabama. He can do more than shoot it, but that's why they drafted him. Well, right. That, that's why they drafted him. So, I mean, I, I, we joked about it last night, but it's not a joke. LaMelo's got to be happy about this because I, I think his assist numbers probably go up by one or two a game. Specifically, how does Brandon Miller, how do they re- benefit one another, LaMelo Ball and Brandon Miller? Well, Brandon Miller's a shooter, okay? So you run him off screens or you spot him up off a dribble penetration. You throw it out once you touch the paint and get rotations. If the ball gets swung to Brandon Miller, he's not going to hesitate. He's not going to shot fake. He's not going to drive the closeout. At 6'9", he can see over a lot of defenders. He's going to get that baby and launch it. At 40%, a close to 40% in Alabama, I watched him two or three years in the high school game. Always had a fluid, smooth stroke. It all came together his freshman year. Just think he's going to work on his shot even more. And then once he gets inside the paint, as I mentioned, he can be an isolation scorer. You can play him at the four spot. If you're Steve Clifford, okay, and be a stretch four, you can play him at the two spot 
and be a big guard. He helps LaMelo defensively because maybe he can cover somebody that LaMelo can't. Um, good switch defender between two, three, and four. And I just think he adds not just talent to this roster, but he adds value. Paul, I've had a few people express concern or at least point out that the reason they liked Scoot Henderson is because they got the sense that, you know, he's an alpha dog. He's the kind of guy who's going to bark at you in the huddle, demand more of his teammates. What about Brandon Miller? Can you look at Brandon Miller and assess him and say he's got that alpha dog mentality? He's got that dog in him. He's somebody that, you know, you can look to to play at least part of that role at any point in the not too distant future. Is that there with him? Now, I wouldn't call him an alpha dog at all. He's never been an alpha dog. You know, look, there's guys that are leaders. There's guys that are alpha dogs. And then there's other players that are confident competitors. And that's what I call Brandon Miller, a confident competitor, especially on the offensive end. So that's what he exudes when he plays. He's not going to be somebody who leads others. He's not going to be somebody who is telling others what to do. Um, that That's Scoot Henderson. That's his personality. And, and that's what he does very well. But for Brandon Miller, it's, it's confidence um, on the offensive end. I think that's what you're going to see from him. All right, we got Paul Biancardi, ESPN National Recruiting Director, former Horizon League Coach of the Year. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You and I were trying to hang on last night on the air just long enough to get to pick number 27, but we never even came close. Uh, but they got to 27 last night, and they took Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. Um, we're we're, we're going to talk to Jimmy Dykes, a former Razorback, about this coming up in just a bit. But this is another pick that I know you really, really liked. What do you like so much about Nick Smith Jr.? Well, I posted it when I got home. In fact, when I walked in the door last night after being with you, when I walked in, they were just picking the Hornets at 27. The timing was impeccable. First of all, Brandon Miller was a top 10 high school recruit, which tells you he has a load of upside and he was very productive at a young age. Nick Smith, top five recruit in the ESPN 100. So when you're looking at talent, Charlotte got it. Nick Smith did not have a good freshman year at Arkansas. I could not figure it out. Injuries, yes. A little slow to come back on the rehab. And then once he came back, he wasn't who he was before he got to Arkansas. So those things, obviously, Mitch and Buzz got a chance to evaluate and dig into and get some intel. But I'll tell you what, 6'4", can play the point, can play the off guard. Uh, This is a steal in my mind because on my board, he was a top 15, top 16 type talent for this draft. And to get him at 27, I know one thing. He's a very competitive young man. Uh, Once he learns the system, both offensively and defensively, you can start to groom him with some minutes. All right, so, uh, Paul, they, they use picks 34 and 39 to select a couple of players. They then shipped to Boston as part of a trade with the Celtics to be finalized later. Uh, the Hornets would acquire the rights to James Najee, the 31st pick, a 6'10 center who spent the last two seasons with FC Barcelona uh, in the Spanish ACB League and then in the Euro League. James Najee, uh, this is a guy that some people are really excited about. Others feel like they don't know a thing and they're not sure how they should feel. What do you think about James Najee? Well, from watching him on tape, you know, I thought it was a big guy who can really help inside. And he's got a little bit of a face-up game. But when you got that kind of size, you Mark Williams needs some help. I mean, let's face it. And he, he's got bulk coming in as well. So I think you get the bulk, you got the size, and you get a backup opportunity for Mark Williams. The other uh, draft pick the Hornets got was Amari Bailey. Mm-hmm. Now they got, they got him at 41. Again, I love this pick. Because Amari Bailey, I've watched him since he was a freshman in high school. He always had basketball instincts, great floor instincts, could read the game, 
reminded me of a poor man's D'Angelo Russell uh, coming up through the high school ranks. Could make the shot or deliver the assist. And he's a he's a confident young man um, when it comes to his floor game. The jump shot needs to improve. But I'll tell you what, to get him at 41 and, and you get him with size, he's 6'4", Nick Smith close to 6'5". These were two proven high school players, two top 10 high school players who played big-time college basketball. Neither one was an impact at UCLA or Arkansas, uh, but I think their future is very bright in the NBA, and, and Charlotte got him. Um, Leaky Black becomes the latest former Tar Heel to sign an, uh, an undrafted free agent contract with the Hornets organization, signing a two-way deal. But but I like this. I don't know what you think about his future in the league, but uh, we know he's rangy, he's athletic, and he'll play some defense. Does he have a place in this organization? What do you think? No question, because he's going to do the one thing, maybe as well as anyone in time, is defend. I mean, he reminds me of Theo Pinson, who was at North Carolina, somebody who just locks up and pushes the ball on the offensive end, hits the offensive glass. Not a great shooter, uh, but much improved at North Carolina. He's battle-tested. He's older. And I like like this a lot because Leaky Black knows who he is, and he can come in and give the Hornets some minutes, especially on the defensive end. Well, and it wasn't that long ago that Leaky Black kind of put the clamps on Brandon Miller in a game between Carolina and Alabama, right? He did, but don't forget, you, you got zone defense in college, which is different than the zone defense <laughs> in the NBA. You, you, you've got different defensive rules. Look, let me tell you something. When Brandon Miller touches that ball the first time in the summer league, uh, the floor is going to be wide open like the Red Sea. And when he gets to the NBA, there's going to be more spacing for his uh, one or two dribble pull-up game for his jump shot. Uh, Steve Clifford will put him in situations moving without the ball and with the ball in his hands. And I didn't even mention this, but you put the ball in his hands, Brandon Miller, and this spacing on the floor, not so much that he's going to blow by defenders, but he can read the floor. If somebody else is open, he's a he's a good playmaker at 6'9". So he brings shooting, but he also brings offensive versatility as a playmaker. And I'm telling you this right now, he's a competitive defender. Love it. Paul Biancardi, ESPN National Recruiting Director, former Horizon League Coach of the Year and college basketball analyst with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, brother, glad glad you were back last night. Your number two was success, and I hope we continue to work together on NBA Draft Night for many years to come. Thank you. And thank you so much, Kyle. I, I give the Hornets a great A for where they had a draft and who they drafted. They get an A in my book. There's more of today's latest and greatest coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. The second first-round draft pick of your Charlotte Hornets, Nick Smith out of Arkansas, and he joins us here on the Mac and Bone Show. Nick, congratulations and welcome to Charlotte. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Uh, we're doing all right. Now, Brandon told us, we talked to him a few minutes ago, and he told us he didn't get any sleep at all. Did you at least get in like a cat nap? Did you get a little little nap in or something at least? No, nah, no, nah, I ain't getting no sleep at all. Yeah, me and my folks was up all night. Sure. <laughs> Very nice. You deserve it. You, you, you mentioned yeah, uh, your folks. You were showing a lot of emotion last night when you were selected. Well, what did this mean to you to share this moment with your mom and your dad that you've worked so hard for and have them there for? What what was that like, man? We, we've never been drafted before, Nick. I know it's going to shock you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a cool moment, man. Uh, we've been waiting for this moment um, ever since I was young. And, um, you know, I feel like I put, you know, a lot of work in to get to this point. So 
you know, just very blessed to, you know, have an opportunity just to make it to the NBA and, you know, be a part of um, some something that's called history. So, you know, it's a good thing to be a part of. How did it feel like you said you were hanging out with your folks, right? And and I saw the interview y'all did on the couch, and you were still emotional at that point, you know, during that interview. But your parents were there with you. Like, how cool is it to to, to see the look in their eyes? Like, I never, I never got close to making my parents that happy. I guarantee you I never did. Like, what does it feel to make them that <laughs> – Still. I still try every day, Nick. What does it feel to make them that proud of you, man? That had to be a cool feeling. Man, it was definitely a cool feeling just to see – you know, um, smile on uh, my folks' face, and uh, man, it was it was just something that you know I'll never forget, man. And you know, they they also know we got uh, more still in plan, um, and uh, we just got to keep going. Nick, who are some That's players funny. that you? You're pretty funny, my guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who are some? Uh, who are some uh, guys you patted your, your game after? Who do you, who do you like to, to watch and kind of emulate? Um. Well, I like to watch a lot of guys in the NBA. I like to watch uh, Jamal Murray, uh, Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, um, John Morant. Uh, just a lot of guards in the NBA. Uh, in the NBA, that uh, you know, that, that are good guards. I feel like and you know, take you know parts of their game and put it in my game. Let's talk about your, you know, you, you, you know. Let's give you, let's give everybody listening some background on you. I mean, in high school, I mean, you know, and I've watched a lot of the videos. You, you it, it looked unstoppable. Twenty four seven had you as the number one recruit in the whole class. I mean, over guys we talked about here in Carolina all the time, guys like Lively and and Whitehead and stuff like that. Most of in, my guys in Arkansas. <laughs> It was, you know, the injury. I think the injury is a big problem. And even when you played, I don't know if if you had the same explosiveness. How, what did you think of your year at Arkansas? Did, was it disappointing? And, and and how much did the injury affect you, even when you were playing? Um. Well, one, you know, it definitely wasn't disappointing at all. You know, just to, you know, if you ask me five, okay. six years, years from now, uh, why I take this opportunity. I would have bet your bottom dollar. I would have picked this opportunity and ran with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like it was, you know, um, just you know, I feel like it was just guys playing and um, playing playing that year. I mean, I mean, I mean, I was, um, I was almost almost 100 percent, and uh, you know, I feel like that was just is what it was, and you know, I'm here now and I feel good, so I'm ready to go. Yeah. Hornets guard Nick Smith Jr. with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Uh, and talking about your one year at Arkansas, I, I, I got to ask you, when we're sitting here doing most shows, I look up and your former coach, Eric Musselman, is doing something where he's he's got a shirt off, he's on a scores <laughs> table. It never fails. And I always look up and I see him doing something. Uh, your guy, Musselman, in the best way possible, uh, how crazy was he to play with for a year? <laughs> Um, man, Mus was a character, man. I have to say that. You know, he was definitely a hard coach. Um, not not a hard coach to play for, but just a hard coach in the sense of, you know, just him just trying to, you know, make you better and just trying to, you know, teach you certain things in his way and um I feel like, you know, it helped uh helped um put in plenty of us, you know, come come this far. So all right, here's the last question, all right, that we must ask. I know you I know you know Brandon well from the AAU days. Do you agree yeah. with Brandon? Do you say that your goat is also uh Paul George? Or are you gonna differ with him on that? No, I do not say that. <laughs> you don't wanna you don't wanna go viral like he did. Nick, we're worried about Brandon. He said some things about MJ and he's gotta go play for him. Now you might you might have to step in here and try to separate these guys at some point. Man, I'm I mean 
I'm, I'm all in for it, man. I just want to see it. I want to see the action. I do not say Paul George is a go. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I just wanted to make sure we're just had, we're asking all that's, the rookies. That's a point for Nick. There you go. Score that one for Nick Smith Jr. All right. Nick, thanks for coming on, man. I know you're drained. I know it was emotional. You didn't get any sleep. Thanks for coming on, and congratulations. And welcome to Charlotte, man. Uh, appreciate it, my guy. I appreciate it. Wake up weekday mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.